0: This is Boy Party, the podcast about cinemas, most legendary team-ups, films with two or more stars, shared the screen and battled it out for screen time, top billing, the fatter paycheck and the most acclaim. My name is Lucian Waddaly and I'm joined this week by the new lover who just won't stop following me around the streets of San Francisco, it's Shane Kelly. What is up, I got Doc? A, I got a horrible twinge when I said this, the words of the streets of San Francisco of that Two Johnnies song popping uh, into my head. Yes, of course. They should have, They should have in the music video for that horrendous song, they should have put more What's Up Doc references in there, I think. Vertigo, Vertigo and What's Up Doc, the two pillars of San Francisco. Oh, maybe, maybe they didn't. We just didn't Maybe we, up we just it. missed it. Maybe they it's were very heavily subtle. inspired. Yeah. They've seen this film so many times that they have a level of niche visual references that we could only dream of. Mm-hmm. They 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 got Austin Pendleton in the background there somewhere. They've got all this the, the various things moving around. Uh, what is up, Doc? Uh, a good a good uh, what if everybody talked like cartoon characters movie, and the title kind of sets you up for that. Yes, I feel like by d- using a from a cartoon it's like if you call the fucking movie now like i'm ready i'm ready or something yeah <laughs> or hello my name is mr Burns. uh i feel like my dad got me to watch this because it was called what's up doc before i would have had any other room to watch it you know he tricked you he tricked me like it's not necessarily you. the most appealing dvd cover for a child mm. it's just Barbara and Ryan looking looking sexy. Like Was but he just like, oh, Bugs Bunny is in this? Yeah, thing. he was like, well, it's called What's Up Doc and there's some Bugs Bunny stuff. And he's completely correct. This film is wall-to-wall full of Bugs Bunny stuff. It is like the most... It is like the best live-action Looney Tunes film ever made. It's all cartoon mm-hmm. logic. Both in the characterization of how Barbara's character pesters Ryan's character until he gives in. And also in terms of the, she's, she's such a little stinker. Mm-hmm. And then also in terms of all of the action and the constant near misses and near death experiences that yeah. every single person shown in this film seems to go through. Um, So your familiarity, I'm guessing with either of these actors is, is relatively limited. I would guess with Ryan O'Neill, somewhat zero prior to this. Am I right? Yeah, pretty much. Did you know who he was when he died in December? No, no. So this is a real new one for you. Well, we're ta- we're recording this in February. Ryan O'Neill died in December 2023 at the age of 82. Um, by all accounts, not a very nice person, but the star of two th- to four of the most iconic films of the 1970s, mm-hmm. and kind of has in earned his place in the sort of canon of great actors as a result. Um, so when What Up Doc is made, and this is Peter Bogdanovich's film, it is a shockingly early in the careers of everybody involved. Um, you'll hear that in just a moment, but this is this is like this is like so early on in everyone's careers. This is Peter Bogdanovich's third feature after Targets and then The Last Picture Show. The last picture show is a massive success for him. A really iconic film, nominated for like seven Oscars, including mm-hmm. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor. Uh, which wins for Ben Johnson and Taurus Leachman wins Best Supporting Actress. So his second feature is nominated for Best Picture and What's Up, Doc? is his follow up. Um, Peter Bogdanovich uh, has a photo hanging in my office at work with my boss and he's a fun person to look up at every day um, and a great filmmaker and was still around like recording podcasts and DVD commentaries and just being a, a kind of amusing character until. Uh, about a year or two ago 2022 mm-hmm. um his his last few film credits are uh ish chapter two which he appears in mm-hmm. as peter the director and uh night walkers and he just he was like working away um his last film that he directed was 10 years ago and it's yeah. got owen wilson and uh imogen poots and it's called she's funny that way and it's sort of a uh it's sort of a, a poor man's attempt at a modern Woody Allen film, but but he's but he's his his best stuff is is better than Woody Allen's best stuff, I would argue. This and Paper Moon. So written by Buck Henry, David Newman, and Robert Benton. So Buck Henry is an incredible figure in American screenwriting. He wrote The Graduate. And he also created and wrote every single episode of the Get Smart TV series from uh, 1965 to 1970. He did 138 episodes. Imagine pumping out 138 that, episodes. Uh, that, that answers a question I have for later. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. He, 138 episodes of a TV show being pumped out in five years. Like that. Imagine if The Bear was doing 138 episodes in five years now. Like The quality of that show is really, really, really top-notch. Um, but he yeah, he gets an Oscar nomination for the Graduate, 1967, and then What's Up Doc comes in 1972. Um, how did I get onto this? Uh, talking about the director and writer, I don't remember. But anyway, this film stars Ryan O'Neill as Doctor Howard Bannister, mm-hmm. and he's a musicologist with a briefcase full of rocks. Yes, and he is at a convention of rock people, or music yeah, I think people? he's no, he's trying to get a grant. He's trying to get a grant. He's so trying he's, to get a grant. Uh, yes, he's trying to pander to this guy, Larrabee, uh, played by Austin Pendleton. Um, and he's at this convention with his wife, Eunice Burns. Eunice! And Eunice Burns, played by the great Madeline Kahn. And would you believe, Shane, this is her first film. Incredible. Starts with incredible. By. She was on Broadway, mm-hmm. and she had been Tony-nominated and such, and been on television. Uh, oh, sorry, she was on TV after this. But she, this was her first film, and she's absolutely incredible. And then she follows this up straight after with Bogdanovich's follow-up, mm-hmm. Paper Moon, with Ryan O'Neill, which she gets an Oscar nomination for. But um, it's, I think this is a better performance. I think this is an incredible performance. I think the banter between uh, her and Ryan is so... Important in the history of bickering Couples and comedies, sure. and also In how I speak to the people in my life Yes, You, do, think, you do speak like How this couple interacts I think so I, I, I think I have a bit of both <laughs> But uh, Howard Bannister You better come downstairs right now Yes Eunice uh, He's got this incredible thing in this film Where he is completely spaced out Whenever his wife is talking to him like, yeah, He just seems like a completely Checked out idiot man but he's very charming nevertheless he is which is kind of a it's an interesting character setup given that he's like a doctor yes he's meant to be very intelligent very academic and yet he is seems like he is very buffoonish but not yeah, in a way where that. he's like he's not tripping and stumbling over himself he's buffoonish in the sort of just completely oblivious to his surroundings yeah, way, I think he just doesn't know how anything works apart from like his, when you hit his rocks. rocks with a yes. thing and what noise it makes. Yes, great neurodivergent representation. Sure. In this film. Yes. Um. The the wife is an interesting character in that I want her to fall off a cliff constantly but she's also seems like a perfectly nice person and then I think you kind of instantly regain all your sympathy for her once she shows up to the scary drug drug house Yes, and you're like which is an amazing scene where the, the she film, tries so hard she's she just driven to the so, edge by this yeah by this man it's kind of all his fault like entirely like, yeah it's, it's a very interesting example of like blaming the woman for being annoying and then realizing halfway through that the man was actually responsible the entire time and that she was just trying her best yeah what, it's like when I like give out to you for getting annoyed because I forget my keys or something. Sure, sure. It's like if we, have, we have a, a unison I think we do. Howard Manister relationship sometimes. Uh, absolutely. Oh, when I first watched this, I had never heard the name Eunice before. Eunice. And I was trying to picture it written down. And I remember like trying to write down the name Eunice trying mm. to figure out how it was spelled and I could never figure it out. It's E-U-N-I-C-E. I've encountered the name more now in my life but there is a great scene where uh, he's like, that was my wife, Eunice, and I think Barbara says something like, "That's a, there's a person called that or something." That's Eunice, the person with that name. <laughs> uh, but the scene where where Eunice shows up to the um, the druggy house, and suddenly for the first time, the film cuts to this like really close up shot of her scared face walking in, and you're like, "Oh, oh, this poor woman, she did nothing to deserve this. <laughs> she 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 just wants her behind. Like, yeah. So um, Ryan O'Neill and Barbra Streisand, in terms of of their their stardom, Barbra Streisand, of course, is one of the most famous people alive, mm-hmm. and she's the last person alive from this film, I think, who hasn't died. Oh. Um, but she um, has a total box office of one point two billion dollars. Not bad. Now I will say how, how much that is. That is, is severely, up by... severely uh, biased. Towards one film in particular, and that film would be Meet the Fockers, which grossed $516 million, and Little Fockers, which grossed $310 million. Her best performances. Her best performances. First Not a single other film that she ever made has even gotten over $100 million. Million, but that's fine. She was a star in the '70s and the '80s. Yeah, that's to be expected. Um, her own film, *Prince of Tides*, did '74. stars Born* did '63. *Funny Girl* did '58. *What's Up Doc* did '57. These are all very good numbers by today's yeah calculation. Yeah. *What's Up doc's fifty-seven million dollar gross in uh this year would be four hundred and fifty-four million. So this *What's Up Doc* would be *Meet the Fockers* if it came out. Sure. Um, yeah. *What's Up Doc* would be *Meet the Fockers*. Fockers yeah, great happens. quote um she obviously was an academy award winner Mm -hmm. um she won her oscar um in uh, a couple years before this she won her first oscar in 1969 for um funny girl which she shared with katherine hepburn because it was a tie cop out and the story is that gregory peck who was the academy president or chairman Allowed her into the Academy before Funny Girl came out uh-huh. because he saw such potential in her. And that then she was her own v- tying vote to get herself the Oscar. because She he let, could vote for herself. She could vote for herself. He let her in prematurely. Like, she yeah. shouldn't really have been in until after Funny right. Girl came out. He let her in. And then she and Catherine Hepburn got the same number of votes. Oh, no. But she would have lost by one vote if she herself wasn't a member. Crazy stuff. That's incredible. So she ties her first Oscar, 1969, for Best Actress. And then she gets nominated again. Or sorry, she wins for Original Song in 77 for Evergreen from Stars Born. And then she's nominated um, for Best Picture for Prince of Tides. And she was also nominated for Best Actress for The Way We Were in 74. They obviously didn't have a, a runoff. No, they didn't have a runoff. runoff and they, off no, no, today, situation. to this day, they wouldn't do a runoff. So Zero Dar- split the Oscar? I think Zero Dark Thirty and Skyfall split the Oscar for Best Sound in 2012. Huh. And they just do the two speeches concurrently and give them all an Oscar. I, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. Like, yes. is there just so many pe- There's just enough people in the academy. You're talking that it now up- thousands and thousands of members. Okay. It would yeah, be so very be unlikely. Less now, also, yeah. preferential ballot for Best Picture, I think, makes it an impossibility for Best Picture because you're getting down into the nitty gritty there with the ones and the twos and the threes. Well, oh, that sounds preferential ballot now. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think it'd be very difficult for there to be a tie for Best Picture. It would be fucking incredible if hmm. they managed to get. I don't know what, what what the last year that would have been a tie was. Maybe... Moonlight and La La Land. Moonlight and La La Land obviously would have been close. I'd say Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody would have been close. Yeah. And I'd say Parasite 1917 could be closer than we realize. I think everything else has been pretty clear. So when they're doing this voting, is yeah. it is it a direct like 10 points, 9 points, 8 points? Mm, I don't know about points. It's a, it's a, a it's, it's, No, it's like an Irish election. You okay. vote number one. Oh, so they remove the... If I put... Um, zone of interest number one yeah. and zone of interest gets knocked out of the voting in the first count yeah, my right. number one bounces down to number two Oppenheimer yeah. so the films that are most well roundly enjoyed yes. benefit more from the system mm-hmm. than everybody's absolute favorite mm. you know a couple thousand people could put down zone of interest as their number one but if everybody puts Oppenheimer as their number two it benefits Oppenheimer I guess that benefits the mass appeal film then yes in terms it does of best exactly picture. yeah which there can't really be a crazy surge for one film that yeah. half the people hate you know there's never going to be a really divisive best picture winner ever again it's like, unfortunate yes it's a system i i support in all other ways but not for this i don't know how we do it here in ireland i actually can't tell you right now even though that is my professional duty to know professional duty. <laughs> um so ryan o'neill has been the star Two years before this, of Love Story, so his total box office over his career is 420 million, which is very respectable for yeah. someone that you hadn't heard of a month ago. Sure, 420 million, and a quarter of that more than a quarter of that comes from Love Story, which would have grossed a billion dollars in today's That's money. This is a sentimental, sappy, sad uh, romance, um, with. Cancer stuff in it. It mm. is effectively the Fault in Our Stars yes. of its day. Fault in Our Stars is a film which I'm guessing off the bat did probably something in the four hundred to five hundred million range, maybe more like three hundred, but you know, that can still happen if you have the right yeah. the right stars. But the Fault in Our Stars was IP. It was based on a book, but whatever. Uh, Love Story um, Is this would you consider this uh, an IP tie-in What's up, Doc? Is it yeah. the title? Is this is it cheating? It is cheating. It is I can't. Is, you made the joke about about I'm ready, whatever. Yeah. Is there a modern equivalent of a film that takes the name of something without having anything to do with it? Like, I don't know. I'm sure there is. There definitely is. We'll, we'll but um, Love Story is an absolutely massive success, um, and Ryan O'Neal is an instant star. Love Story was quite early in his career as well. It was his one, two, th- third film, and What's Up Doc was his fifth film. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Oscar-nominated once and only once for Love Story um, and then was Golden Globe-nominated for Paper Moon. The man got no award nominations whatsoever for what is his second-best performance, third-best performance in most people's, or in my opinion... Barry Lyndon, which is a fantastic film. Oh, he's, he's also the star Linden. of Barry Lyndon. He is the titular Barry. Okay, this he, is the guy you should be more familiar with. He he really <laughs> is very important actor. But um, I will not feel bad about it. I will not let you bully me into fine. feeling bad fine, for my fine, lack fine. of knowledge and that's fine. Stars. That's fine. You have your your areas of sure sure I you know, present myself to the public as a man who knows about films. You know more I, I talk about stars than most people that I'm friends with. So okay. Um, but Ryan O'Neill obviously <laughs> plays Irish in Barry Lyndon. Yes. He doesn't try very hard. Okay. He does a kind of a very slight Irish accent. But mm-hmm. he's very good in it. It's g- another great mm-hmm. deer-in-the-headlights, moron performance. Yeah, But that, uh, that role and the fact that he plays Irish in that film and they shot some of it in Ireland meant that he kind of just kept coming back to Ireland. Mm-hmm. And he was on The Late Late Show with Tuberty at least once, if not twice. <laughs> okay, Like, he was in the Irish... Late, late show sphere of Hollywood guys, which is really funny to think Did he ever show up to your workplace? No, I don't think so. None of your events? No, I don't think he ever did, okay. which is weird because Bogdanovich did. But, he, you know, I, I I remember putting on The Late Show one night and there being some kind of chubby middle-aged or 65-year-old man on, 70-year-old yeah. man. and being like, who's that? And my dad being like, oh, that's Ryan O'Neill from What's Up Doc. Yeah. I was like, no fucking way. And then when Farrah Fawcett died, famously, his, his wife Farrah Fawcett died mm-hmm. the same day as Michael Jackson in 2009, uh-huh. the ultimate bridesmaid, never the bride situation. And I remember it suddenly being in the news that Ryan O'Neill was at the funeral trying to hit on his own daughter and was just being a massive creep. Which funeral? His wife or Mike Jackson? Uh, (laughs) Sarah Fawcett's funeral. Um, And obviously Ryan O'Neill had a very complicated relationship Uh. with his daughter Tatum O'Neill, who is an Oscar winner and he is only an Oscar nominee for Uh. the same film. So they rock up to the Oscars together. Yeah. He's nominated for Best Lead Actor. She's nominated for Best Supporting Actress. She wins, and he loses. Now, if you were a, if you were a normal acting family like Bruce and Laura Dern, you'd imagine the father would be happy for his daughter winning very, the Oscar, very proud of your child. But Ryan O'Neill, I think, took this very poorly. Um, fun fact: Ryan O'Neill's uh, son-in-law, at one point married to Tatum, was. Uh, Former tennis international John McEnroe, uh, (laughs) which is a fascinating pair. Another man known for being a prickly, prickly type, and I imagine that their Thanksgiving dinners, if they happened, would have been quite extraordinary. Um, But Tatum O'Neill is 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 only sixty years old. Um, She's in uh, Sex and the City and uh, Law and Order: Criminal Intent, and she's acted recently. But she is quite young; like Mm -hmm. she's you know very young. She's sixty. And she is one of the kind of uh, one of the 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 least frequently working Oscar-winning actors alive, I would guess. But um, she's phenomenal in, in *Paper Moon*. She plays; she's very young in it. I she's, wonder if there was uh, a, a certain influence in her life that put her off acting. Yes, mm, if only uh, there was someone dis- someone who made her feel very bad about her winning an Oscar. I think she's. I'm, I'm. I don't have any evidence to back this up. I would guess that she was the youngest acting Oscar winner ever. Really, she okay. won her Oscar when she was ten. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So she's at least in the top two or three. There might be a younger, but I'd be surprised. So, um, this this film puts these two together. Uh, a couple of years after they were a real life couple, they were going out really? for real. They broke up, and then they made WhatsApp Doc, That's and I think awkward. that explains why there's so much insane off the charts chemistry between them yeah. they'd done all this for real already they had done the rehearsal of flirting with each other and building up sexual tension for years in hopefully a loving and wonderful romance like yeah like if you split it up with someone and you don't hate them and then yeah. you're like given the opportunity to like yes do it again on screen yes i'm sure it'll be you can get a lot out of it you can get out of that, yeah. this is happening more now Uh, The Taste of Things, the French submission to the Oscars this year, which is out this week in Ireland, Uh stars Juliette Binoche and, uh, uh, the actor's name is going to have to be a googly one, Um, uh, Juliette Binoche and uh, Benoit Magimel, and they were married for real life years ago, and they have a child together. They're divorced, and now they're starring in this film together. Is it a a romantic couple? Yes, yes. And another fun one, yesterday it was reported that Ben Affleck is casting Jennifer Garner in his new film. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's playing his love interest. I think she might be playing Matt Damon's love interest. But still, very fun that like the ex-wife's getting a call up to come be in my movie. I love that. I I think it's beautiful. Especially since Ben Affleck got back with his ex after years. Sure. I think that... It's kind of funny that, to phone call your best friend and was like, buddy, you gotta kiss my ex-wife. Yes, that is funny. But it's funny to me that he is on such good terms with his last ex Jennifer after getting back with his previous ex Jennifer that he can get Jennifer to come be in his movie while the other Jennifer and him are doing Super Bowl commercials together. That's like It says a lot about him. It says to me were any of those relationships ever real? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe not. If you're getting on that well with all of these people that you were in long-term relationships, having children yeah. with, I don't know if you're maybe. I feel like these things don't ever fully break immer- down, and you remain on good terms. Like how? Like how are you and Jennifer what? Garner together? You have children together. You go and you get back with J Lo, who is like sort of the 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 younger model, yeah, in the public's perception. She should fucking hate his like, ass. Like, why he, she, does, she does he just movie? present such an absolute foolproof argument where she's like, "Yeah, oh, that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe. No, that's not- or maybe he is just in a position to pay her $10 million to be in a film and she's like, ah, oh, fuck it. It'll go to the kids. Yeah, exactly. On top of the alimony he already pays. Yeah. It's hard to, hard to know. The two of them probably are equally wealthy. So maybe he doesn't pay crazy alimony. I don't know. Jennifer Garner has like decent money in the bank, I'd imagine. From the uh, twenty eleven Russell Brand rich, Arthur, famous remake. people operate in a completely different set of social norms than we. Do. Yeah, they do. They do. We can never understand, no, we especially can't. those people. We're gonna have to do a Ben Ben Affleck episode soon. We got to talk about his his crazy life. Yeah. Anyway, Ryan O'Neill, nothing like Ben Affleck. Um. So Howard Bannister basically, it, it runs into um Barbara's character, whose name is Judy. But I feel like that never really comes across. I feel like her name isn't important in this. Feel like You hear Howard and Eunice so much. And she you, goes by other... She, she goes by Bernsey for oh, a while. Oh, she, yeah. She, she uses a couple of fish she, Yeah, because yeah. she's kind of pretending to be different people. Yeah, like so she a, kind of is like, uh, runs into him, uh, sees him through a window, is chewing on a carrot like Bugs Bunny, follows him around for a while, and uh, he's getting increasingly frustrated, uh, but then they end yes, up... Yes, because he's looking for painkillers because yes, his head hurts. painkillers. Oh, he's just like me for real. Yeah. And then they end up uh, kind of caught up in this whole all the shenanigans together which what where does her fascination with him come from is it just a kind of like there's a handsome man i'm gonna i think it's gonna there's him. a guy who i can i can mold into something more more interesting i sure. don't know he's he's such a blank slate of a dweeb but he's yeah. also very handsome and i think that that's that's appealing to a lot i of think women. she gets a kick out of him being such an idiot yes oh she does because she can fucking play games on him yeah. like so, they end up involved in this crazy thing. All the cases with the rocks and the stolen things get mixed Sorry, around. Yes. It, there are, like, is it three or four? Uh, There's four at the end. Well, well I I'll imagined. say this much. Peter Bogdanovich, I believe, said before he died, I do not, I cannot explain the plot of this film. I do not understand okay. any of it. It is all nonsense. So, I don't think we should try to either. Essentially, three or four different people have an yes. identical bag. And they all and, get mixed around. They, one has government secret yes. documents. Yes. One has... Mr. Bannister's rocks. Yes, another and there another one are all these, has millions of jewelry. Yeah. And I think another one is Barbara Streisand's that has just her underwear. Yes, it. and there are all these like CIA goon guys who are yeah. kind of hanging out in the hotel, like hiding behind pillars and running from one room to another. And that's all. And very there's fun. other guys trying to steal the jewelry. Yeah, and then yeah, just it's a, it's just, just bags being moved around the place. It is. It is. It is very intentionally like the the tagline on the poster is a screwball comedy. Remember them? It is trying very hard to be. A screwball comedy of a Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, nineteen forties type. Oh, it's interesting. In the seventies, they were doing the they were doing the pastiche of the Philadelphia Story type stuff. They were doing yeah, and now they're we'll... like trying to reinvent something that was popular for years. Yes, ago. it's, it's like... interesting that that yeah, that early yeah, it's, in the it's history there, it's that... Anything but you of 1972. Yes, exactly, exactly. Oh my god! You imagine the people in your lot in your office being like, "We just need a screwball comedy resurgence." So I went to see What's Up, Talk, hoping it would be good. <laughs> Um, well, um, we can talk about the poster for a sec. I've never, I've never seen this poster. I'm not aware of it. You want me to loop around? You're going to have to get up and come over. I've never seen this poster before. This isn't the DVD cover that I was familiar with. This is a fun little painting of them. This is a good old fashioned poster. It's an illustration of them on the, what's that thing called? It's like a bike with a cart on the front i guess it's like a tricycle with two tricycle. Wheels the front, and it has like a yeah. built-in little kind of cabin thing yeah and then Honestly, all the it's just like it just depicts lots of chaos behind them of people running and jumping and falling over poster on earth is the one with the black background and then with the cool like orange and purple line yeah, around them yeah, I know and it me. says what's up doc and there's a kiss uh i love it Great. Um, there was the DVD cover that we had. We had an imported dodgy Chinese pirated DVD of this from my great that my great uncle gave us. And my dad was like, oh, put this on. Uh, obviously, he'd do it. Chinese subtitles it. you couldn't remove. I don't think they used to do Chinese subtitles on these DVDs now. Oh, yeah. Um so um the where did my where did my research go? My research. Um, so obviously this film is it concludes with this massive crazy action scene on the hills of San Francisco with things going up and down and ladders and glass I think truly plates. one of the most impressive things I've ever incredible. seen. Incredible. It's very Buster Keaton, it's very Looney Tunes. Yeah. It is an incredible piece of stunt work. If you saw this now in a Mission Impossible movie, you'd be like, Oh my god, how do they pull that off? And like, I I was so surprised at how many shots just didn't cut where you expect them to yes. cut. Yes. Where like you see a car about to hit something yeah. In a modern day action that cuts And you yep. get another view of it hidden And yes. it's like kind of fake But this is just like uh-huh. The shots of gone and you're like Oh they're just like thrown cars at yes, each exactly. other. Something else think so like, people probably got hurt Yes exactly I, It's it's one of these things where you're like Like fucking Mad Max Fury Road You're like how did nobody get killed making this yeah. But even in, when they made this there was no CGI Like oh, The so interesting thing about this film Is that there's uh, only diegetic music There's no score really and i think it creates an interesting vibe where you feel like you're kind of hanging out in san francisco early in the morning because you're just hearing a lot of like mumbling and traffic yeah. and i, I didn't chirping. pick up on that at the time no score it, score never overwhelms the the audio track and that's you are so kind of listening to the sounds of the hotel and the sounds of the city yeah the and that's time. the thing they're in hotels a lot they're so in, there's a lot of music playing in the background yeah and then yeah. she obviously they sing um you must remember this yeah. on this kind of like under construction top floor of the hotel which is a really cool space oh she pulls out a piano there's so much cool space um incredibly erotic scene incredibly erotic scene in an incredibly erotic film uh supporting cast you got great people you got kenneth mars from the producers as hugh simon you got austin pendleton who's fantastic just checking that he's still alive i really hope so he is and he's 83 hooray uh oh wow he was in a beautiful mind and finding nemo that's amazing okay Mm. uh michael murphy who's a great sort of guy from the Woody Allen canon. He is definitely still alive, 85. Um, And then uh, in a small role, you got Randy Quaid as Professor Hosquith. And uh, M. Emmett Walsh is the arresting officer. And M. Emmett Walsh appeared in over 200 films. Mm -hmm. He is still alive. He is 88. He is in fucking... Here's some of the things that he has been in, in addition to What's Up Doc. Um, Knives Out... Uh, okay. John Michael McDonough's *Calvary*, yeah. the Irish film with Brendan Gleeson. Uh, he's in um, uh, uh, *Big Stan* with uh, Rob Schneider. Uh-huh. *Christmas with the Cranks*, *Snow Dogs*, *The Iron Giant*, *My Best Friend's Wedding*, um, uh, *Sneaky Pete*, *The Righteous Gemstones*, the mm-hmm. uh, Showtime original series *American Gigolo* with John Bernthal. Excellent. Uh, just incredible. Like he is still working, more or less. And he is 88, and he's the arresting officer in this film. So, uh, not much else to say about this. I think it's a masterpiece. I think it is absolutely hilarious. I've seen it probably, like, eight or nine times, and I still find it really funny. Um, this this is one of these films that, like, if you're not the most tuned into film history, you watch yes. something like this, and you're like, oh, this is where, like, seven common references come from. Yes, yes, I think so. Yeah. I also think if I was... If I was dealing with a person who was who claimed that they were unable to watch older films yeah. because they were quote boring or had you know rhythms that they weren't able to mm-hmm. engage with I think if I showed most of those people this film, they'd be like, oh, like that is obviously fantastic like it's in that kind but it's, of s- it's 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 interesting that this level of just like irony and like straight up yeah kind of start, facetious mm-hmm. dialogue was yes. like understood as the norm. Yes, like I maybe I'm just calling people in the '70s stupid, but like I think the it, '70s it, was a, a very very progressive in terms of screenplays and like The Graduate is a few years before this that Buck Henry yeah. also wrote, and The Graduate is a stunningly modern script. Yeah. Like everyone's talking exactly the way that we talk now, if not in a more depraved and depressed and post kind of yeah. Like I feel like if show this to my parents, and they'd probably tune into like that this is kind of a an ironic thing yes but like if you show them a modern yes sarcastic comedy they'd be like what what's going on if you showed them like yeah it's always sunny they'd be like yeah this really... is annoying like, yes yes i think that well yes i think our parents generation's idea of cynical films probably does come from this and the stuff that mm-hmm. was inspired by it and a lot of the 80s comedies um would have been very much indebted to bogdanovich into this as well sorry the other the other thing i referenced earlier is that you're so fond of this, but I've never got the sense before that you're like incredibly into this kind of crazy madcap film no just like the 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 get smart humor I guess oh uh, yeah, I guess I am, but it's also not something I'm like putting on casually to rewatch a lot, you know. Yeah, like are you into the? I watched every episode of Get Smart. You into, like the Leslie Nielsen stuff? You see, that's the thing. Leslie Nielsen stuff is the next step after yeah, Get Smart. But I never, I'm not think really. That's your thing, I'm not really. I think the Leslie Nielsen stuff is like those films are feature length. And I think I can only tolerate that type of humor. Like, this film, I wouldn't say, is that similar to Leslie Nielsen stuff. Get Smart is very tolerable because those episodes are 20 minutes Mm -hmm. long. They're self-contained and they have, like, little spy plots. I have tried getting into the Leslie Nielsen stuff and, like, Airplane's great. The Naked Gun films have good, like, visual gags. Top Secret's very good. But, like, those fucking Zucker Abrams films are, like, very... They become exhaustingly clever. Like, you get to an hour and 20 minutes and you're still pulling some weird little visual gag and... There's You're bit, like, you You burn out in the middle. You burn out in the middle. I think Whereas this, I think, this works as like... Because a, it's a... Turn off the, turn off the dialogue, black yes, and white. Yes, This works because it has a great romance mm. yeah. and a great flirtation and a very attractive couple. A right large-scale of action of it. sequences. Yes, and big action sequences where it's like, there's not really... Pretty, like, there's, there's good banter between the the male and female leads of Get Smart or whatever. I feel like a lot of Leslie Nielsen, Leslie Nielsen films are a bit, a bit sexless, like... Sure Um, They're too goofy Whereas this They're kind of Austin Powers Kind of like Making fun of Misogynistic Creepy men More than anything else Yeah Whereas I feel like And I, I do like Austin Powers I feel like this is like um, This is like Genuinely very uh, Functional as a As a romance like. Yeah um so uh what are our usual little things we tick off um who is top bill top bill barbara streisand is interesting uh she has an oscar and he has an oscar nomination at this point so she's really not introduced until kind of 15 20 minutes in she's not i would say he is slightly more so the lead of the film yeah um but barbara's just uh barbara's just kind of the uh the 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 slightly bigger name at this mm-hmm. point, film-wise. She Funny Girl comes out in sixty-eight, Hello Dolly is sixty-nine, on a clear day you can see forever is six seventy, and then this is seventy-two. So this mm-hmm. is her fifth, her fifth film, basically. And she God, she's not in that many films. It's weird. I've seen two-thirds of them. Yeah. Um so a few weeks ago, in preparation for this sort of, I went back and I watched a film I'd never seen, which is Ryan O'Neill and Barbara Streisand's second on screen. Um, collaboration the main event 1979 which is a boxing comedy now what i, I was not aware of was that ryan O'Neal was a amateur was an amateur boxer in real life mm-hmm. so this film it, she plays like a rich lady who owns a boxing cl- team or club, a- club and he's their star boxer and when she loses all of her money she goes to him and is like we need to um we need to like do better because my investment's not paying off. Yeah, it's it's not very good. There isn't a lot of charisma in it. It's not a very good film. I don't think their chemistry works as well. Uh-huh. Um, it's not kind of snarky and or, or kind of bickery enough. And WhatsApp Talk remains the one great uh, crossover of those two actors. Yeah, will we do the box office for the year that this was released? I think I might be slightly more able to guess those than the specific weekend. Mm-hmm. So I was already spoiled this is number one and number two, but. Do you want to try and pull up the salaries for the film? Do they exist? There's no way that's going to be There's done. No way that exists. These people were on studio contracts. That oh, shit yeah, is buried deep. Uh, Barbara, for what it's worth, seemed to have nice things to say about Ryan O'Neill until he died. And when he died there in December, she put up a nice social media post mm-hmm. about you know their time working together and whatnot. So, okay. I know the number one. This is the, the top films of 1972. I, I would truly never have, like, considered these two films to be, like, the oh, same. You're for one, sure. One head is, like, significantly more modern than the other. Right. So, number one I is, thought would have been a 20-year gap. Number one me. is The Godfather. The Godfather. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. In the offer, the Miles Teller show about the making of The Godfather, Yeah. there is a lot of references to Love Story being made uh-huh. at the same time. And Ryan O'Neill, yeah, was definitely popping out at the same time as Pacino, like, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Pacino De Niro, Ryan O'Neill are contemporaries, um, funnily enough. But uh, yeah, The Godfather's number one. Do you know what number two is off the top of Is edge? it like, is it the Poseidon adventure? It is, yeah. Yeah, okay. I just saw that when I was doing the research. Okay. I don't know the rest. Uh, this is where our film comes from. Oh, What's Up Docs number three. What's Up Doc's three. Doc's That's great. Three, yeah. $66 million. Huge. Good stuff. Nine, uh, yeah, The, God, right, the Godfather made 133. Unbelievable. That's like oh, a, that's a billion, like oh, modern uh, numbers, at even least. Even more, I'd say, yeah, even more. That's insane. That's incredible, yeah. But you know what? It, that is that is proportionate to its cultural impact. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Do you yeah. know what number four is off the top of your head? No, I do not. Right. Well, I'm about to tell you. Because <laughs> okay. uh, how do you, how do you want it? I don't know. Tell me you the, you the, you what don't... type of movie it is. The tagline. Okay. What did happen on the Kalawasi River? Kalawasi? Kalawasi? What did happen on the Kalawasi River? What did happen on the Kalawasi <laughs> River, question mark? Is it a Western? Probably. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yes. Who's sure. the star? Uh, John Voight. Oh. And Burt uh, Reynolds. John Voight and Burt Reynolds. Oh, now I feel stupid. Shit. So it's a war movie. But John, no. No, it's not a war movie. John Voight and Burt Reynolds. It's not Coming Home. It's a dude's canoeing down a river movie is it to the poster. Is river in the title no i have no idea what this is this is deliverance oh of course with the fucking john borman. John, now, borman john borman there's a man who's come to my workplace really and also deliverance is the movie with the little banjo kid you'd 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 know the banjo kid if you saw him. i think that's a pretty cool post if that's the oh that is really cool very nice it's like an eye and they're canoeing out of that's eye. really bad that i didn't know who the main actors were in deliverance mm-hmm. oops Oopsie-daisy. Okay. Well, I didn't either, if that makes you feel better. Yeah, that is an iconic film, but I've only seen like five minutes of it. Okay, do you know what number five is off the top of your head? No. Interesting title list now for oh, yeah? a film, if I can type it correctly. I'm not going to know any of these off the top of my head. So. Okay, I, I'm just buying time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this film is not showing up. <laughs> film is um, not showing up. Tell me who's in it. No, I, it's not showing up on Letterboxd. It's not showing up on Letterboxd. No. You can't you can click into it on the box okay, office. Okay, I can click into it. Peek behind the curtain, folks. Um and click on Cast and Crew. Cast and Crew. I hate this website so much. It's really very easy website to use. I I don't understand your no, issue it's, with It's it's terrible. The the, oh. the user interface is horrendous. Christ. Uh cast and crew comes up <laughs> blank. Okay. Right, what's the film? Let's give up. This is Deep Throat. Oh, all right. That's some sort of weird like You know what? I actually don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Is it about Deep Throat, the World War 2 character? I don't know but I, I really don't. Deep Throat uh 1972. No, I think it's it's I think it's a softcore porn film. Yep.
1: Yeah, it is with Linda oh, Lovelace. Oh, it's just
0: straight up porn Yeah, like. yeah. yeah. How the fuck did that make that much money? <laughs> it is considered the forefront of the golden age of porn. Wow, that is insane. $30 to $50 million box office. Yeah, so Linda Lovelace, I've only heard of her, to clarify, Jesus Christ. because there is a biopic of her with Amanda Seyfried. Oh, sorry, this is... Deep throat. What's this? This is mentioned as something. Sorry, is this, in like, is this like a plot point of the nice guys? Maybe. Maybe. Or something. The tagline: How far does a girl have to go to untangle her tingle? Or is it in hardcore, hardcore or something? It's in, It shows Maybe up in something. It rings one, a bell. Yeah. I think it could be in the nice guys. Right. That's unbelievable that that made that much money. People were uh, perverted in 1972 <sighs> or open with their sexuality. free spirited. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's number six? This is a Sydney Pollack film. All right, is it directed by Sydney? Three Pollock. days in the Condor. Nope, that was. A, I don't even know if he made it. Uh, it's got Bobby, Bobby Redford and Will Gear. Oh, Will Gear, the fucking grandpa Walton. Fantastic. Robert Redford, Sidney Pollock. So it's not three days in the Condor. Is it the day of the jackal? Is it the is no. it have a name like that? Does it no, sound it has like, it's just a dude's name. It's a dude's it's name. Man's name. What? A f- first name. Both. First and last first name. First and last so it's Michael Clayton type. It's, yeah, it's Michael Clayton. Oh fuck. It's not what the fuck would this be? I don't know. It's, a, it's an alliterative name. I don't know. I'm not gonna get this it. This is Jeremiah Johnson. Jesus I don't know what that is With real gear I'm going to have to watch that Okay, got a sick poster Sounds great I'm going to watch that When you leave <laughs> uh, We do one or two more One more Oh okay You'll know this okay. one Okay Again Interesting Film to have come out In the year the Godfather does. Sure um, This is one of your I'd imagine this is one of your All time favorites Right 72 Yeah five stars from Lucian Let's see what you're uh, I'll pull your review Yes These are all That's fun. fun We haven't done that in a while I hope there's a review Hmm. see a I lot mean, of these like it's it's a very specific film that will give it away immediately if I a lot of these classics i've haven't seen in years so is there a review doesn't have as much singing and dancing as i expected which wasn't a bad thing it's hello dolly Nope. oh when they do have the occasional song they're all 10 out of 10 <laughs> it's five stars and when did i watch it May eleventh, two thousand and twenty-two. For the first time. No, definitely not. Oh, but I said doesn't have as much singing and dancing. It's not Pete's Dragon. Nope. Nineteen seventy-two. Is it Disney? No, I don't know. No, oh. it's not like a not like an animated thing. God. Yeah, I know, but I don't mean animated. It's not. It's not Bad Nobs and Broomsticks. Nope. Is Dick Van Dyke in it? Mm, Julie Andrews in no. it? No. Angela Lansbury in it? No. Nah. Tell me who the star is. No, I'll give it away. I'm not going to get it otherwise. you will. I don't know what this is. I'm going to read Brendan's review of it. I'll read Brendan's review. Found this a bit too hectic at times. Ugh. And I do wonder what it would be like if it was made today. What the fuck? While the text is certainly explicit in terms of saying what happened, (laughs) it doesn't really show anything too risky. What the hell? In some ways, this work, this works to its benefit. It's never beating the audience over the head. But insert title here. Yeah. Could still be more gay. It could still be more gay. Oh, this is Cabaret. This is Cabaret. Fuck. Incredible film. Yes, Cabaret, of course, was competing with The Godfather at the Oscars. Yeah. And... (laughs) Insane year. Insane year. One of the great years. Did Lots of Doc get a Best Picture nomination? No. No? No. For it. Cabaret, um... Cabaret fucking rules. Let me look up the 1972 Oscars. Cabaret uh, is incredible. Yes. I did only see it for the first time last year. Silly me. All right. So uh, the 19... These Oscars, they gave... Sorry, It's interesting that Brandon's review, like, until the very end... Does does not not give away what it is. Give away what what film it is. (laughs) So The Godfather wins Best Picture, nominated are Cabaret, Deliverance, and then two films I've never heard of. The Emigrants, which is a... Swedish film and oh is that Bergman? I assume. No it's Jan Troll and then a film called Sounder which I have never heard of which is an African American sharecropper Mm -hmm. family. Alright okay. Uh, But but Godfather wins Best Picture, Cabaret wins Best Director for Bob Fosse, Brando wins Best Actor and Liza Minnelli wins Best Actress. Jesus fucking Christ. What a fucking year. Brando, Minnelli. Ugh. Lots of doc had no chance. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of Boy Party. I uh, hope you'll go check out What's Up Doc if you haven't seen it. It is Dude. one of the, the great films. Um, it is a, a banger. A, a banger. Uh, more classic films and more 2010s comedy garbage coming your way soon on mm-hmm. Boy Party. You can visit Boy no, Party. not that much 2010s no, comedy no, garbage. No, we're, we're, no, chill, we're cutting we're, that out. We're cutting that out. Uh, we've, uh, we've done the market research. <laughs> yeah, it's not working. BoyPartyPod.com. Uh, you can follow the show on Boy Party Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can order a Boy Party t-shirt um, on our Whatever links, um, the merch is is stunning, and you can get your own boy party shirt. You can get too. a boy party branded identical carry bag that you've yes. seen in what's up Doc. Exactly. Uh, more great movies coming up soon. Plus, we'll be doing our Golden Boys episode, um, giving out awards best films of the last year. Yep. So look forward to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you, Shane, and uh, see you all very soon. Bye bye. Goodbye. Uh, what's up, Doc? Oh, well, that was terrible. Oh, yeah, it was You my name